Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. What's up, my friends? Welcome to this week's episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. We have a freaking awesome episode this week. I am pretty freaking pumped. We have the founder of Beauty Binder, Stormy Hinkle. She is absolutely amazing. She's created this incredibly beautiful organizer. So for all my makeup and hair people listening, you need to grab yourself one of her beauty binders. They're absolutely beautiful. And to hear her story of how she brought this vision to life and all the years of effort that she has put into this one product to make it pure perfection. And she's nailed it. So I'm just so proud of her. This is someone who's been in a couple of my different programs. And, you know, I've worked with her a little bit one on one. And she's just super sweet, super amazing, super driven. And I'm a little obsessed. So I am pumped for you to listen to this episode. We're diving into just like a female founder style episode, how she founded this business, her why, like, why did she do it? And then the process, and this is the cool part of this episode, because we haven't had many episodes that really dive into the nitty gritty of manufacturing, prototyping, trademarking, patenting, and all that. And these are some of the things that we dive into on this episode, because she not only created this, and you have to check it out. So I'm going to link the website below, and you'll have the details of of how to find it, beautybinder.com. But it is this, it's a work of art. It is a work of art and it's a beautiful product, very pink, very feminine, very beautifully branded. So, of course, I love it. And she really just put her heart and soul into it from multiple rounds of patenting, manufacturing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say patenting. I can't say that word. Prototyping, manufacturing, and all the things in between. And she shares all the tips on mistakes she made with the manufacturers and prototyping and all the other things. So this is an amazing episode. I really, really know you're going to absolutely love it. So let's dive right into it. Grab a coffee, grab a wine. Let's dive into this episode. Well, hello, Stormy. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Me too. So before we dive into all the good stuff, could you introduce yourself and just tell everyone, you know, who you are and what your business is? So my name is Stormy and I am, well, by day, I am a court stenographer um, for about 24 years. And uh, my side hustle and my business is Beauty Binder. So about three and a half years ago, I was trying to organize my own makeup and could not find a way to organize it where I could actually find it. Um, I had gotten a 
bag that my mom had given an Estee Lauder bag and it kind of, it was bigger than, than a normal makeup bag. And I was throwing my makeup in there and I loved, I loved that it held so much, uh, but I had noticed that it just was not organizing my makeup, my products and make and products were getting broken and, and I wasn't using them because I couldn't find them. And so I decided, um, that I would, when I couldn't find what I was looking for, I would create it. So that's what I did. And it started there. And from there, I mean, it's been about a three and a half year journey and I have prototyped it seven times. Um, well, I prototyped it and trademarked it, patented it. And now I sell on Amazon, Etsy, and on my own website. I have 12 affiliates and um, that work kind of Instagram for me. and. It's been a, a really cool process. It's been one of the hardest things I've ever done, I would say, but one of the most rewarding and and amazing experiences. I love that so much. Can you also let people know what the what does the product do exactly? So tell okay, everyone so what beauty, the product is exactly. Yeah. So Beauty Binder lays your makeup out flat so you can see it. So most of the makeup bags on the market, you just throw your makeup in and zip it up and go. Beauty Binder actually lays it out. So there's, it comes with three files. I call them beauty files. They're all clear. So you can actually see what's inside and you can lay your makeup out flat instead of stacking it. So it unstacks your makeup and you can actually see the products you have. So you can see them, use them, enjoy them. They're safe and protected. It makes it easier to to use and find what you're looking for on a busy morning or anytime you want to wear your makeup. I love that so much. And I also love and appreciate that you had your own problem and then you're like, all right, I'm just going to create my own solution for it. So I'm a huge, I don't know if the word advocate is a good word, but I'm just going to go with it because I can't think of anything else. My brain is still very fried from the event that I was at last week. Um, <laughs> when you, when you, create a solution for a problem that you have. And I'm a huge, what's the word I'm thinking of? I can't think today. Basically, like when you're creating a product, mm -hmm. don't create something fluffy, create something right. that actually solves a problem for someone. When you do that, right. you're going to have a lot, hell of a lot of easier time selling your product than just being like, I just want to create this fluffy thing today. So I love that you did that. I love that you like had a proper problem and then you created a solution for it with your product. I would love to dive into the process of having it made because you are amazing and you sent me one of your amazing products last year. If, yeah, last year. I'm like, yeah, I think it was last summer. And it's I mean, I saw it online. I saw, you know, your Instagram stories, but seeing it in person, it's sort of like this work of art and it's extremely impressive. So for anyone here who loves your makeup and hair accessories and all that, you definitely have to check it out. You will love this product. It is like it's you can tell so much like love went into creating every single part of it. And I'm so glad that I got to see it in person because, you know, recording here with you today, I'm just excited to hear more about like how the hell you did it because it is very impressive it's very unique and i love how it's called beauty binder because it actually is it's it's like a cool school binder it, it's in the shape of a binder and you have all the little 
um, like um, not envelopes. What am I talking about? Like the pockets with the this, little files. Yes. Like it's so, yeah. but it's like, you can't even imagine. It's like this really pretty version of like a school binder. So it's way prettier than you could ever think. Um, it is. I kind of, it, it's kind of like a trap. If you remember like the trapper keeper, yes, you know, that oh kind God, of thing. Trapper keepers. <laughs> I had those when I was little. Yeah. Like the That's trapper so keeper, funny. but pretty, but, but so pretty. It's so, and so, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. That, that's what I wanted. That's what I was looking for. I thought a woman who, who loves what I do, cares what, what she looks like, what she feels. And I wanted her mm. to have something that I thought was beautiful to put her makeup in. And that was super important to me was that it looked pretty so that if she wanted to keep it on her countertop or, you know, wherever she wanted, it, it was going to be um, a beautiful piece on her counter. It just, to me, couldn't be just anything. That was a huge yeah. um, thing for me was what it would look like. And also it had to make sense. Like it had to be wipeable. So it's completely wipeable. If you spill your makeup or, or anything like that, it's super easy to just wipe it up. I'll get like a Clorox wipe and just wipe everything off. And then I wanted it to be, you know, everything to be laid flat. I wanted it to unstack. Even some of the newer um, makeup cases that you'll see out, they, they okay. all stack. So you're not using what's at the bottom of the stack. You're not using it. If you're in a hurry, right. you're just using the top of whatever it is. And so that had to be a part of it. It had to unstack things and the, the wipeable, it had, it had to make sense to me for, for me, what was I looking for in the perfect makeup case? If I could find it, which it's so funny because I just thought I would find it there. I never had a question. I wouldn't find it. I went to like Macy's, um, Target, um, Ulta, Sephora, all of the stores that I thought would sell something like this and I couldn't find it. And at that time in my life, I was struggling in my, in my marriage and, um, it just, just kind of in, um, life a little bit and just kind of needed some inspiration, I think. And I really think that's probably why I took it on at the time was just, um, I don't know, there was something in me. I'd never wanted to sell anything. I'd never wanted to create a product, but mm -hmm. something in me just thought, you know what, why don't I just try? It's not, I can't find it. Let me just, even if I can find it for myself, you know, make it for myself, then we'll just kind of see where it goes. And I literally went down to Rite Aid and bought cardboard and um, like a poster board, like you'd buy your kid to do a science fair project. Mm -hmm. And I sat on my floor in my bedroom with a ruler, scissors, and my makeup, some of my makeup, some of my, my compacts and measured it out and laid it out lined it up, drew it with paper or with pen and a ruler and started to create it out of, out of poster board. I love that so yeah. much. I love it. I want to just backtrack a little bit. I feel like I have so many questions. Um, yeah. for my first thing that I want to ask is, I feel like I have a lot of questions. So when you said that you when you were first talking about the product and you said, you know, it's, I think, I don't know if you use the word functional, but I believe you use the word functional. Mm -hmm. I love that so much because I think oftentimes when people are creating a product in the early stage, they, they miss a lot of the small details. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said that you could wipe the product, the, 
pockets down or I don't know, it was like washable. Yes. Did How did you get like what informed those decisions? Did you look at reviews of makeup bags? Did you or was it just based on your own experience? Because I feel like those are the small details that actually make a product mm-hmm. like super fucking sellable mm-hmm. because you listen to customers. You you go and you do your research and you read reviews of all these other makeup bags where people are complaining the mm-hmm. products don't stack. I can't find the things at the bottom. My products are getting broken. Um, mm-hmm. the, the bag isn't washable. So when my facial oil spilled everywhere, it ruined my bag. Like, I feel like right. those things that you mentioned of the features, those are really important selling points. So I'm just curious what informed those, dis- when you were thinking of this product, like what informed those small decisions? First, it was what, what I was looking for completely was what I'm- I was looking for something that unstacked my makeup. And so that's where it started. And then from there, I thought, okay, if I'm going to create it, then I'm going to create everything I want. Okay. So what else is it? All right. Well, most makeup bags, it seems like they're fabric. There's always fabric Mm -hmm. in them and it's so terrible. I mean, makeup spills, Mm -hmm. lipstick smears all over. It Mm -hmm. has to be wipeable, right? Another thing is there's usually like this ugly fabric, like this floral, ugly fabric. That's a makeup bag. I just or they're really boring. There's nothing to them. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought, so the first thing I started there was what, okay, I'm making it for me. So what do I want? Okay. I want it wipeable. I want it unstack my makeup. Um, another thing was, was, okay, if we're going to use plastic, you know, this, if we're going to, you know, have things to wear where they're laid out, can I see them? So what kind of plastic am I going to use? or material at that time, I was trying to figure out what kind of material was I going to use that was going to be clear that you could see through it. So that was another thing. Then I started to go online and I started to say, what's out here? What's out Mm -hmm. here? What do people want? What are they buying? Because ultimately this is changing. This isn't out there. So this is a whole new way of doing it. So that's the thing is, is when you have an idea like this, that's so different is mm-hmm. you've got to sell people on a completely different way to organize their makeup that they've never been introduced to before. So you kind of have to ask yourself, well, why do they want to change it up? Why would they want to change it up? They, yeah. They've been doing this for so many years. This is what, this is what everybody does, you know? Mm-hmm. So there was a lot that went into it that way was it started out with me and what I was looking for if I was going to create something for myself. And then it went to, okay, what are people, the average buyer, what are they looking for? If they're going to buy a makeup bag, what are they looking Mm -hmm. for? And then it was first, you know, prototype and, and everything. Then it was actually talking to people as it was starting to be created. Oh, I love it so much. This is making me very happy because so many people, <laughs> so many people that, you know, come into my programs or anything really. And there's, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad. It's just, right. this, this is what happens because these are the things that when you're starting your first business in particular, you don't know, you don't know what mm-hmm. you don't know. And everyone, including myself <laughs> makes a million mistakes. So, mm-hmm. but I have to say, I have to give you major kudos right now when I'm hearing all this stuff because my brain is like, oh my gosh, yes, 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 yes. You know, you you thought to yourself, okay, I'm going to create a product because there's a problem I'm having, which means probably other people have it too. And then you, you know, came up with some ideas on what you would like, but then 
you went and looked online and right. you know looked at reviews and look, what are people, I mean, you, you didn't actually say this specific thing, but I'm sure this is what you did. Like, what are people complaining about? What are people, um, what are people saying in reviews? Like reviews on products are gold. Yes, for anyone are. listening, if you mm-hmm. are like, I don't know what my people want. I don't know what my customers are looking for. I don't know what to add to my product. Take 10 fucking minutes, go find a competitor and deep dive on their reviews, on their product pages, on Google, on Yelp, on Facebook, on Instagram, like spend some time and do deep dives on reviews. You will find everything that you could ever need to know about everything, what people like, what people don't like, and maybe most importantly, what people are asking for, what they want to see in a product. You take that information and you have your market research. And then you said you talk to people and you had conversations with people. So it's like you hit the jackpot in terms of all the important things you need to do when you're starting a new physical product, especially for you, because you're not just like I manufactured dog bandanas. And then I also Mm -hmm. had a pet subscription box. And then I had an e-commerce store where I sold a lot of things, but I wasn't really making a product by hand. I mean, you're not making it by hand either, but the difference is, is like, I'm selling like a, you know, $10 or $20 dog bandana that is quite easy to make. Your product is like, this is a beast. You have all these different components and features and materials. And, you know, you're talking about, we're going to talk about um, patent and trademark because I'm really excited to talk about that. But you had to do prototypes. Like, this is a real, real product. This is not like a flimsy, fluffy, you know, mug or something. No, no disrespect to my mug people. I love mugs. <laughs> I just <laughs> so do use, I. <laughs> I use examples of products that are sitting in my office that I can see. And I always have a mug. I have lip balm. I have like I always have like 20 lip balms on my desk. So I, I find myself using the same random examples for products. But anyway, you did a yeah. fantastic job. I have to just give you kudos because that is the stuff that most people just completely gloss over when they're making a product. And they only think, well, what do I like? Well, I like this beauty products laid out in this way. So if I like it, that means everyone else does too. They don't do market research. They don't like Mm -hmm. look into reviews. They don't do anything. And they make decisions based off of emotion and thoughts that aren't actually based on reality or data. But you did. So I'm very, very proud of you. Very proud of you, you. but yeah, awesome job. I did. I did. And I started when I first, when I first did it, um, when Mm -hmm. I first began the whole thing, um, I can't say I did that, you know, right away. I think I learned as I was going. Okay. So Mm -hmm. like I got a first prototype in, you know, and then from there I started to ask people. So it wasn't, you, 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 it's like you take that action and that will bring that clarity that you need. And that will allow you to, to hear the pain points of the people that are going to be potentially buying your product. So what are they saying about it? What do they love about this prototype? What are they, what would they change? What's great? What's not great. And, and I, so I think as you go, that's where you start to really figure it out and hone in on, okay, now I'm, now I might be onto something. Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to I want to talk about the prototype process. I don't think I've had a single person on this podcast talk about prototypes. I don't know how. 
I don't think I've had a single person. So I want to talk about like how, what was the process like? How did you prototype it? Like, did you go overseas? Did you find someone in the US? As much detail or as little as you want to share, but I just want to hear like how you did it. Did you have like drawings mapped out in a paper? Let's let's so, dive into it. Yeah. Okay. So I first had um, my sister-in-law at the time, just she's a graphic designer. And I said, I have this idea. I, I need you to draw it. And she got like a sticky piece of paper and like a little sticky post-it and like drew it in like five minutes. And I was like, well, it's oh. not really what I was looking for, but you know, because people, they just don't take you seriously. They just don't. <laughs> I swear. They just uh-huh. think you're full of it, you know? And then three years later, you have like the patent and the trademark and you, you're thinking, I, I told you I was serious. Like, you know, yeah. Come on. So, um, so she <laughs> drew it and, um, I thought, I can't remember who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody that was going to sew it. I was going to have somebody sew it from there, from that. And she said to me, you need to make, you need to make a prototype. You need to get some cardboard. I need to see it in 3d. I need to see Mm -hmm. it. And so I thought, okay, I'll just go to Rite Aid and, and I'll just get some poster board. And that's exactly what I did. I spent like a Saturday on my floor with my ruler and my pen and my scissors. And I laid out my compacts and I thought, okay, this is, what do I want it? What do I want to fit in it? What, how much do I want to fit in it? And, and how, and you kind of allow yourself the fun processes is allowing yourself to dream a little bit. If I'm going to, if I can create something, what am I going to create? It doesn't have to be perfect, but you kind of want it. I wanted to make it to scale somewhat because I wanted to make sure everything would fit. So that's what I did. I just created it out of paper and I made the files and I did like the little rings with paper and, um, and I, and I did it and I created it. And that's where it started with the actual, you know, the 3d version of it. Like, what does this kind of look like? Right. So that's kind of where it started. And then that's where I started too with the, the, um, patent process. I started, I turned that in and to a a patent attorney, what kind of, while I was working on the side to try to make a prototype. And, um, the first person I just started Googling how to make a prototype. And I found a place about an hour away. I live in Southern Mm -hmm. California, found a place about an hour away that worked with a a manufacturing company in Mm -hmm. India, in India. They were the first ones where I was able to, I drove down, took my cardboard with me (laughs) and he had a video and it was, I think it was like $125. And he said, I'll make you a prototype for, for, you know, 125, I'll send it to my company. And I, he took a video with his iPhone and he said, explain it to me. And I laid out my product and I was like, this is what it looks like. And this is what it does. And this is, here it is. And I did it and he sent it in. He sent the video in and every day I'd be in court and he would, and we would be, they'd be sending me emails. What kind of fabric, this kind of fabric or this kind of fabric or this kind of plastic or this kind of plastic as if we're here. And that's exactly how I started. And it took me about two months to get the first prototype back. And I drove down there and I almost, I wanted to cry. It was like, this is not it. Oh no. This is not it. No. But what it, 
what it was, was the first step. Mm -hmm. It was the first step. And that's all you need is like that first step. Like somebody, okay, Mm somebody is going to work with you. Somebody is going to help you and, and just give you that shot. So whatever happened, it didn't matter. I got that first prototype and it wasn't, it wasn't on paper. It was fabric. It was actual buttons that snapped and I could see, I could see it kind of start to come to life. And that's when it, that's when it began was, was right there. Because once you have that first one, Mm -hmm. you can go from there. You can change from there. People can actually see what you're talking about now. You're not dealing with paper anymore or just a drawing. It's, it's something tangible. And now, now you can go from there. So that's where I started. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. It. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was just there. And then I knew that it, that wasn't going to be quite the fit. And I did, I did want to manufacture in the States. I was hoping to do that. I figured that would be easier for me to be more hands-on with my product, mm-hmm. but I just had a really, really hard time. I, I tried in the States and I just, I just couldn't, I, I would, call somebody up like a a company and I would call up and they would, I don't, I don't know what you mean. I I don't, I don't know what, you know, they just really could not, (laughs) they just would not work with me. I think the whole prototyping situation, they weren't Mm -hmm. into, they weren't into that. You know, they, they weren't, they weren't into that. It, It was like, well, we make this, you know, this is what we do. And I, I, you know, tried to work with certain companies that were making like even backpacks or purses or, mm-hmm. cause that's what you want to do. You want to find a company that is kind of, if you're going to do something completely different, you want to find a company that's kind of doing some of the same, a little bit of the same idea. So they're working with fabric, they're working with zippers, they're working with buttons. They're, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're working with some of those same ideas. So that led me to go overseas. And that's where beauty binder is, is made is overseas. And I found a, an app called Alibaba and that was the app. And I mean, I would message one and a response right then, you know, they, they just, yeah, they respond right there. And how can we help you? Can we do, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's where I started. I got my second one and got closer and then got my third one and got closer and um, changed manufacturers at that point to another company overseas. At that time as well, too, I had found somebody that was a purse designer who had designed for Nautica and different brands like that. And she and I, she lived in New York and she and I worked together to kind of create some of the little details on Beauty Binder that um, that I wanted to be special, like the logo lining and, um, the, um, the, the little logo on every zipper, you know, on every zipper pull is the logo and just some of those details that I wanted to be special that I, I wanted to, to stand out. And, um, she helped me to create, bring some of those ideas to life. And, from there, it just kind of went and we just went all the way to the seventh prototype. And I finally, finally placed an order and thought, let's, let's do it. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> so we did. Wow. 
and yeah. how, how I, I feel like I have a few questions. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a, a, no, this is process. so good. Like I said, long I've never process. had anyone really talk about prototyping, I don't think. So I'm just curious. Yeah. I think every product is different in terms of how many variations you go through. Totally. I, yeah. You know, the different suppliers. I know for me, I worked with a few different manufacturers overseas. I also use Alibaba and I had a fantastic experience. I also had a terrible experience using Alibaba to manufacture or print boxes. So that was like a nightmare. But the mm. actual dog bandanas, I had a fantastic flawless mm. for the most part experience. So that's good. Um, yeah. But you hear like the most variety of stories of working with people on Alibaba. Like it's so it you it do. Just, it totally depends on the supplier and like yeah. So it does. when so when it comes to the prototyping, you went from so you found someone in the US, they did the first one for you for 125. Mm-hmm. It was not what you were looking for, but it was like a start. So I love I also really appreciate your your like thought process on that. Cause I think for a lot of people, they may have just given up at that point. Like, Oh my God, this person did not see my vision after two mm-hmm. months. I'm just going to, I, I, mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to quit. Like a lot of people would have quit, but you were like, oh, whatever it's, you know, I might be upset today, but tomorrow mm-hmm. it's a new day and I'm just going to keep moving forward. So I love that so much about you. I have to just say that like, what made you choose to then go to overseas? Was it just that you, wanted lower price points or you just had heard, okay, I feel like Alibaba, there's more opportunity for me. I just couldn't find anybody in the US that would work with me. I mean, because I was still really prototyping it. I mean, I had, Mm. I did six more prototypes before the the final one that I ended up ordering in bulk. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, I just, I would call and I'd ask, cause I, I did want to do it here. I really, really yeah. did because like I said, I wanted to be able to fly there or wherever they were going to be. And I wanted to have hands-on experience. Yeah. It was a scary process for me to do it and um, invest in something that, you, you know, when you're manufacturing overseas, yeah, you're getting a sample back and I would get a sample every single time. I would always mm-hmm. get the sample, touch it, use it, um, get feedback on it. But it's so, you place an order like that with that kind of investment. Yeah. And you don't know, you know, you just hope it's there, you know. I mean, there is there is um a relationship that is created, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. I was yep. talking to my point my point person, Taylor, for months before I actually placed the order. I mean, I'd come home from work and that's when my second job would start. Because mm-hmm. that's when they're getting up and getting going from you know overseas. So all night I would be working with her. Um, so I feel like we had a relationship, and I felt like I could trust her. But how do you know? I just it's it's a, it's it's kind of a scary thing. So I did it. I did it because I went overseas to answer your question because I felt kind of like I had to. And mm-hmm. I have to say too, the price you, the price of the beauty binder isn't is is a higher end product. Mm -hmm. And if I would have done it here, if I had even found somebody to do it, I can't even tell you what it would have cost. I mean, I, (laughs) a lot, (laughs) a really, a really lot, you know, it it just would have been crazy. I don't think that I could have sold it. I don't think I could have sold it. I, I, I'm not sure I could have for that price point. I I don't know. I, I don't know, but I just felt like that's, 
I just, I felt like I had to, I kind of had to do that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And sometimes like when you're creating a product, there isn't like, you're not always going to find stuff here. So I think, you know, you did what you had to do. I'm also just curious when, with the prototyping process, you know, you mentioned that, I think you mentioned you went, once you moved to Alibaba, you kind of found a few different suppliers, I believe that did different prototypes for Mm -hmm. you. What made you want to like switch those in the middle of it? Was it like that they weren't getting your vision or you just like bad communication? I thought the quality wasn't as good on, on that first, on that first set of samples. Like I felt like some of the stitching was like off, you know, like kind of like all over the place. And I wanted like those details, like right there. Mm -hmm. I, that was so important to me with this product. I remember when I, um, started to, to create it, Mm -hmm. it was like, well, how do I want to feel? How do I want this person to feel when she gets it? Mm -hmm. You know, like she's going to invest in this and I wanted her to feel special. And like, I thought of every detail because I did. I chose every detail of the fabric, of the stitching, of the kind of stitch, of the plastic, of the zipper, of every, the measurements, the fabric, everything. And Mm -hmm. that I wanted, I wanted that conveyed in what I was creating. And I felt like I wasn't, that wasn't quite, I wasn't quite getting the quality I wanted. And so I switched, I switched and went to somebody else and, um, it ended up when I got it, I knew it right then. It's like, this is it. This is it. I mean, I we did it. a couple, we did a couple, but I could tell mm-hmm. the quality was going to be there. It was going to get the quality I thought my customer deserved and what I was looking for Okay, in the product. Yeah. And how did you find just all those different suppliers? I know it's sometimes it literally just is like sifting through like hundreds of Alibaba suppliers because I know I've had some ideas on a product that I'm thinking of making. It's like in the back of my head mm-hmm. constantly. Um, and I've already mm-hmm. bit, gone through suppliers and, you know, looked at the reviews and looked at like, you know, all the things. But like sometimes you just literally don't know like, okay, which especially because you didn't have like, okay, I'll just say what it is. So I'm thinking, of, <laughs> so I'm thinking of um, like manufacturing. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I've had this mm-hmm. idea for it, a year now and it will not mm-hmm. escape my mind. Like it's sitting there every single day. Yes. So it is wa- waterproof phone pouches for like kayaking or paddle boarding. This product already exists. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's shitty ones. There's good ones. This is an already existing product. So for me, if I'm like, okay, I'm going to manufacture or white label, whatever, um, mm-hmm. waterproof foam pouches, I'm going to put my branding on it. I'm going to, you know, switch the colors around that they're offering. It's easier for me to find a supplier because they already, the product already exists unless I want mm-hmm. to make a, a complete unique one. But for you, it's a little bit different because you may not like the product that you have in mind doesn't exactly exist already. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's makeup bags and backpacks and all that, but like you're kind of creating something brand new. So for you, like how did you know how how did you okay, I'm going to message this person here. Like were you messaging like hundreds of people or like how what was your process like to find those people? I was narrowing my focus a little bit more. So when I got once I found Alibaba, 
And um, I started to look, I, I started to first look, I looked at reviews. I looked at their stars, like how many stars they have on Alibaba. Mm-hmm. I looked to see how long they were in business. How long had they okay. been around? Had they been around? Like I tried to go like over five years, you know, somebody that had a little bit more, you know, time. So they, I didn't think they were going to disappear on me. Right. Mid process here. Okay. Um, and then, um, I started to, to try to find, okay, who's working with the fabric I want to use. So I wanted to use vegan mm-hmm. leather. So, okay. Oh, so okay. who's using that? Who uses that with plastic? Who does zippers? I want zippers. Who uses those, those materials, those, you know, cause then they are going to have access to different zippers. They're going to have access to different, you know, fat colors of fabric. That's like the, the vegan leather. Right. So mm-hmm. I started to do that. And then it was like, okay, well, um, backpacks, purses, briefcases. Oh, okay. I went, I did, I Love went to it. brief, I went to briefcases. The The company that manufactured beauty binder does not manufacture makeup cases at all mm-hmm. because that's, this is not a, your typical makeup case. Yeah. It just isn't. So I started to think, okay, what, what around, what, what's got the shape? So look at like the fabrics that you want to use, the the hardware you want to use, mm-hmm. things like that. And then details. Do they detail things? Can they can they do things like that? Because I'll tell you, when you're reaching out to somebody, you're not going to want to source everything, right? You're not going to want to source all the fabric. You're not, that's where you the cost comes in. You want them to kind of have those things there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you can get them cheaper, right? Because they already have them in bulk. They created the the Beauty Binder logo fabric. They created that for me. But every time they're going to create something for you, that's going to cost you so much more money. So if they have access to zippers and you know things like that you want to use and the plastic that you want to use and the vegan leather that you want to use, then you're already they're already sourced. So you're saving so much more money. So those were some of the things I was looking at. And then once I I found those things, mm-hmm. then I messaged. Then I would message. Do they communicate? Do they message me back? You know, and normally for the most part, I found people that were eager to work with me. They wanted to work with me. They were willing to do it. Let me see what you have. Let me send send me a video. I'll see what it is. You know, and they were they they want they wanted to. So they wanted to create it. So um, it did not take me hundreds, not at all. Um, I just kind of narrowed it down when I found those kind of specific things I was looking for. That's mm-hmm. when I was able to narrow it down. Then I would message and it was like, okay, can we, are they going to respond to me? And can I, can I communicate with them? Do we communicate well? Yeah. You know, and will they work with me on my timelines? And, and that was things like that. You learn as you, as you go, you know, just little mm-hmm. by little. So, yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah, it sounds like I said, like you just hear so many horror stories of working with suppliers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that you figured out like a process to not waste your time like messaging a million people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just, yeah, so I love I love your strategy. I love that you're like, all right, how many years have they been in business? Do mm-hmm. they, what materials do they have? That's super, super smart. So mm-hmm. I love that. Can you yeah. also talk through, I'm just curious the timeline here. So when you decided to start with Alibaba until you got your final product like ordered and then delivered to you. What was that timeline? I'm just curious. That was like 
a probably a year and a half. Oh wow! It was, a, it was okay. about a year and a half. Yeah, in I have to say, in the middle of all of that, um, my aunt passed away. And, um, I was on my, I think my second or third prototype, my aunt passed away and it was very unexpected. And, um, she was raising my cousin's two kids at the time who were, um, I want to say at the time, 11 and 13 mm-hmm. and, um, two months before she died, we were talking and And uh, they were, she was redoing her will because her husband at the time had been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And so they were redoing their will. And she said, if anything ever happens to me, will you take the kids? And I have two kids of my own. And of course I said, absolutely. But I remember in that moment thinking, please do not let anything happen to this woman. I cannot have four children. (laughs) And she passed away two months later. And I the kids came to be with me nine months later. And so I went from wow. my two single mom of two to a single mom of four and in the middle of beauty binder. And I had to decide at that moment, like, um, is this a sign that I'm just, I'm done. This isn't, <laughs> this wasn't meant to be, you know? Yeah. And, um, I ended up deciding to continue on because I knew that I needed something, I think for my own sanity, just something for myself to just Mm -hmm. uh, focus on, I think with everything else going, going on. Um, so I think maybe that, that was probably, that was cost me a few months, but probably from the beginning, I'd say a year and a half, you know, um, just, Mm -hmm. just doing the, the samples back and forth. Another thing was too, is I just, at that point too, I, my kids had been watching me and it was like, I cannot quit until this mm-hmm. is complete, you know, until, yeah. at, at that point, once I get the right prototype, if I decide, you know, um, I'm, I have a full-time job and four kids, then I can go, you know, maybe this will be complete for me, but it, it wasn't at that moment. I didn't have the prototype I was looking for. So when I finished that, then I was too far in. It was like, uh, we're going, <laughs> we're going, uh-huh. but, but, but yeah. And, um, they're, they're, they're watching me do it. And I think it's so, so cool, you know, um, and mm-hmm. quitting, quitting just wasn't an option. So, so it was a process, but, um, you know, I guess if that's all I was doing, if I was doing that full time, it would have been faster, you know, and it could have been faster if things, you know, life didn't step in, but it, it, it did. It was a, it was a process. It was an absolute process. Yeah. But it sounds like you have just been absolutely killing it. So I love hearing all the, yeah. And I think it's just like a, such a good mindset to have of like, my kids are watching me, you know, and what, like leading by example and showing them that, you know, you can do all these really hard things is absolutely incredible. So I just love that so much. What a good story. I'm sorry about your aunt too. Thank you. I thank you. And I, it it was devastating, but I just think, um, I don't know. I think it's okay to take a break and breathe. You know, I think that's, I think that's okay. I think it's good. I think sometimes you need that, but I just, I didn't want to quit. I just wanted to see it through. I, I, it was really important to me to see it through. Um, and so it maybe took a little bit longer because of that. Um, and that was okay. 
but yeah, that's what I would tell myself. Your kids are watching you and you told them you were going to do this. You told them Mm -hmm. you were going to finish this prototype. And so quitting was just not, not in the cards. So it was a process, but we got there. We got there. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then, okay. So you prototyped, you got your products, you ordered them. What was your first, what was your first order volume? I'm just curious. Or like order quantity. Were you like small or did you go? Yeah. Let's hear about that. Oh man. (laughs) That was like, that's, that's what's hard. And it's funny because I've learned since then, they probably would have negotiated with me more. Mm-hmm. But I, it's that the thing is you learn as you go, right? You don't know till you do it until you get out there and you try it, right? So we learn all this stuff. But mm-hmm. so I beg them to let me have a hundred, like, please just let me buy a hundred. <laughs> and they would not. It was 500 was the minimum order. 500. Okay. So 500 is what I purchased. 500 is what I purchased. So, and I'm doing well selling, but, um, it's, it's, you know, I'm still going, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to give up, you know, I'm just going to keep going and I'm getting the word out there and I've done well, you know, I've done well and, and, um, there's interest and, and people are excited about it. And it's been, it's been, it's been great. And the kids, I mean, when I first got that shipment, my kids helped me, you know, load them all in. And and when we send Amazon orders out, we, we all do like an assembly line and line them all up together and, and, and do it. But so cute. Yeah. But I had to do 500. Now, like I said, going at it again, because I already, there's things I already would tweak on it, right? Just because I've gotten the feedback from the cells I've gotten. So, mm-hmm. so there's our, I mean, it wouldn't be a ton of tweaks or anything huge, but I tweak it now, you know? So I, I wish I could have gotten a hundred, but it wasn't, it wasn't in the cards. And so that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And cause, and I know, cause your product isn't, I'm, I don't know what you're paying for it. And you obviously don't have to share, mm-hmm. but I know your product is not, it's not cheap. It's not like, no. this is not a $10 product. Mm-mm. So to have to buy 500, that is, I'm sure was a very scary as fuck purchase and like (laughs) terrifying, terrifying. And I don't have like, I mean, I have a job, you know, I have a good job, but, um, Mm -hmm. I did not have that money at the, in the bank. Mm -hmm. I borrowed money. I invest, I invested in myself and I did Mm -hmm. it and I invested in, in what I believed in. And, um, and I'm so glad, I'm just glad I did. I'm, I'm just, I really am. I don't think that that's right for everybody. And some people, even my, some of my own family members are think I'm crazy, but as <laughs> like, as much as they like think I'm crazy, they're also kind of like, wow, that's really kind of cool. You know, like you mm-hmm. can't help, but that's a, you know, that's kind of, that's a really cool thing, you know, that you did, yeah. so, you know, and I feel like whatever happens happens, you know, mm-hmm. I, I did it. I wanted to do it and I did it and something was leading me like how you say you can't, you keep thinking about the product in your head. That's how this was. Mm-hmm. It, I could not get it out of my head. I mm-hmm. had to bring it to life. So that's what I did. So I'm glad I did. How long were you thinking about it before you took the first action? Um, three days, four days. I mean, it was like that. It was quick, but I mean, it was super, super quick that I started mm-hmm. to draw it and make the paper and and start to do it. Um, and then it took me a minute to like, actually try to find like, okay, I was trying to find a sewer, just like somebody to sew it, just sew it for me. So I have something. 
and nobody, I couldn't find anybody that would do it. It's pretty complicated, you know, nobody would do it. And so then I thought, well, I've got to find a manufacturer. That was the first one I found, but that was like probably three months that took a little bit longer just to, to do that. So that took time. So awesome. Um, And I totally agree with you. Like sometimes you have ideas and that's how I base my decisions on. Like Mm -hmm. I have a couple of business ideas right now. One is like in the tech SaaS space. And then Mm -hmm. one, two actually are physical products. One is what I already mentioned. And then Mm -hmm. one is a food and beverage, which if you listen to the podcast, you'll already know what I'm talking about. And I can't get that out of my head, but that's my, that's like my idea that, um, I don't know, like I have a lot of thoughts. We don't have to talk about that on this podcast episode, but like that idea and the, the, I have two product ideas for the paddle boarding and kayaking space. Mm -hmm. And those I also can't get out of my head. And they've been sitting in the back of my head, bugging me for a year now. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, maybe I should, maybe I should take action. So I have to constantly filter through like, which one is the priority? Which one is, has the most, because I'm not going to start, I'm not going to start a business now unless this is a sellable thing. Right. But two, like at the same token, I also am not going to start a business unless it's potentially a really big thing I could grow it into, you know, like Mm -hmm. really think big here. So Mm -hmm. it's, and it's hard to know which one is going to do that. Like you kind of sometimes don't know, but yeah, I I don't, you don't know. That's the hard part is you don't know. But I also Mm -hmm. think too, like it's, 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 it's okay to like reach out and get a couple samples and see what, I mean, it's, it's not that, you know, yeah, you know, just to get a couple samples, see what the quality is and just kind of see if you're, you know, how, how you're feeling about it. You know, if you're like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind of feel it out. <laughs> I, so, so I'm I saying, I'm I saying go for it, try it, you know, see what, see what you can, you know, if you can get some samples made and it's not so bad, you know, just to see kind of what comes of it. I know it's, 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 uh, I spent a few, like, I think it was like a uh, two months ago. I think I spent an entire Sunday. No, it was East, the Easter weekend. Oh, so I think I spent the entire um, Saturday before Easter, just scouring through Alibaba, looking up phone, waterproof phone pouch holders for your phone. So when you go paddle boarding, yes. I already have the whole vision. Like I can see the whole thing. Like I can see it. I can see the website. I already know all the beautiful lifestyle photos I would do. I I can see the whole thing unraveling. It's just more for me, like, do I have the time and mental capacity to start another thing? And if I do, like, who I need, who's going to be doing this for me? I need someone to do a lot of the, like, a lot of the work for me. I can't, like, I already have my current business. Yeah. And I'm already struggling with, okay, I need to work less. (laughs) I know be a better parent and all that and like and you know spend more time dog walking and all that but um but it's if you have an idea for a business I think once especially once you start one it's Mm -hmm. it's sort of for me at least it's very addicting like I keep Mm -hmm. wanting another and another but for me I get ideas I write them down and then I know quite quickly do I still like that idea? Because they right. they come into my head, but they leave quickly. And I'm uh-huh. like, nope, that one's not. No, I don't want that one. Or is it like, this is a good idea, but not for now. Let's save this right. 
let's put this in like the later bucket or something. But, you know, it can be hard to, because then once you do it, you know what to do. Yeah. You know how to, you know know. what to do. And that's, that's the hard part is because you had to figure it out the first time. Like all the shit we go through starting our businesses, like who does the website? What platform is it on? How many products should I buy? Like, where do I find a manufacturer? Like there's so many things you go through, but then once you do it, you're like, all right, well, I can do this again. This should be easy enough. (laughs) And a lot faster. It shouldn't take nearly three years, you know, to get this going. So much faster. So much faster. Yeah, I no, so I know. Much. It's fun. I love it. It's Would fun. you? Um, I I want to ask you one more question. I know we're like running out of time. Um, can you just update us on? Because I know that you mentioned that that you had a patent and trademark. I do. Can you just give us like a quick summary of what? How did you do all that? And like, where does that stand right now? Like, what's the what's the status? So, I sent I. <laughs> I, when I first started that little drawing, my sister-in-law made for me, right. That mm-hmm. sad little, sad little drawing. I, I took a picture of it and sent it to a trademark attorney and I, or a patent attorney. And I said, I, you know, I need to patent this. <laughs> and she, she goes, well, let's have a phone appointment. So I, I called her and we, we talked and she said, um, you are not ready for a patent. You are not ready. Call, call me back when you have, you know, something tangible. And so I did, I called her back about mm, a year later and I had a, an actual, some, it was, I think my second or third prototype. And I said, here it is. And she, she was, she was shocked. She said, I never thought I would hear from you again. I cannot believe you actually did it. And when I called her the first time I, she said, um, she said, why are you doing this? You're a court reporter. You, you have a good job. Why are you doing this? And I said, What kind of question is that? Oh my God. That's what she said. Why are, and I said, I I don't love that question. I, I just feel like I need to, like, I don't know. I don't know. Why do you do that? I don't know. I'm just do. I, I need, I just feel like I need to do this and I need some inspiration in my life. I need to switch it up a little bit here. So this is, and this is where I feel like I'm led. So here we go. I'm going to do it. And, um, so she is the one that started the process and I Mm -hmm. started and I got a, d- a design patent. It took about a year and a half. That was another process. And that was, wow. that was a little, that was a little bit of an, inv- an investment, but I'll tell you why mm-hmm. I did it. I did the, I did the patent and I did the trademark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I trademarked beauty binder. And the reason I did it this way. And the reason I wanted to do everything a specific way was because I wasn't convinced I wouldn't license the idea at some point or sell the idea at some point to like an Ulta or a Sephora. Mm. So that's why I wanted to do it that way. So, um, I, I, and I'm still not convinced I wouldn't do that. I didn't know where it was going to take me. And I wanted to make sure that everything I had was like good and legit and trademarked, licensed, um, all of that stuff and, you know, and, um, patented. And for if I decided to sell it or what, wherever I was going to go with the business, I just, I didn't know what I would do with it. And so right now I'm growing it and I'm seeing what I can do with it, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know where it'll go. And I just wanted everything, all my ducks in a row if I decided to do something else with it. So, and then trademarking it, I did it myself on um, LegalZoom. Oh, okay. I just, I trademarked it myself and did. Did you trademark the name or the, like the design of the product or both? I 
I trademarked the name, mm-hmm. but the design is like kind of the next thing because I have a, a logo and that I love and it's part of the logo lining. And um, so that's kind of next is to, okay. is to do that. So that's why I did it. I mean, some people have told me that have products that, you know, there's no reason to get a patent. There's no re- And so I've heard different things. Um, I hold mm-hmm. two patents, two design patents for Beauty Binder um, because oh. I started to patent it. And then I changed some of it as my, as my um, iterations changed. And so I have both of the patents. I just got my second patent. So I have both of them. And that is the only reason I did it. It was for no other reason. I mean, it's cool to say, oh, I hold a patent, whatever. But (laughs) I just, I did, I did it for that reason, because I just wasn't sure where it was going to go. And I wanted to have it good, you know, legit if I and I have an LLC, you know, which mm-hmm. I think you're, you know, you're supposed to get when you start. So I, I did all of that stuff just because I didn't know where, where the whole thing was going to take me. That's super smart. Uh, we had someone on the podcast a few months ago who is a trademark lawyer. And um, I don't know what episode it is. I'll reference it in the show notes. But mm-hmm. it was really, really cool um, because we talked a lot about mistakes that people make when it comes to trademarking. But like, the biggest mistake is not trademarking. Mm-hmm. And I didn't trademark anything with my business. And when I went to sell my business, we ran into a bit of an issue at the end when it came to, I don't know if it was a logo or something. There was something, I forget what it was. I think I blocked it out of my memory because it was very stressful. I was like, did I just oh. fuck myself so badly that I didn't trademark this and now I'm not going to be able to sell my business. I, it was not a good, that was not a good so day good. for me, but it ended up being fine. There was no issue when I did sell my business. <laughs> so. Yeah. That was the dapper dog box, right? Yeah. That's one. Yeah. 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 But I love that conversation with the trademark lawyer. Cause we, like I talked about that story of like, I almost didn't, I almost didn't sell my business because of a trademarking issue. And I'm like, in hindsight, that sounds so stupid. Like it's something that you can prevent from happening mm-hmm. when you take your business seriously and treat it like mm-hmm. a business and trademark it. So I'm and like, if I ever do another product, I will 100% trademark it. Um, I've learned my lesson, but I'm totally. so glad that you did all those things and like set your business up so professionally. I'm just curious, where what do you see for the future? I know that you said you're selling on Amazon. Where like if you could have okay, any situation happen, like what would that look like for you? My dream and what I've always wanted for Beauty Binder was just um honestly was just like store like a store where you could and this would be beyond like when I'm not running a retail store because I have no desire to have a brick and mortar, you know, where I have to, because I'm already tied to a nine to five job. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want that, but where, where women can go and pick out an amazing beauty binder, different styles and different fabrics and different, you know, um, you know, prints and then pick out their beauty, their, um, their files for what they need and what they love and how they want to organize their makeup mm-hmm. and different kind of storage. Because to me, I just feel like there's nothing out there that makes sense for women that really want to organize their makeup. I just, mm-hmm. I just, for me, I just don't think there is. And so I, um, I would love to see something like that where it's specialized, where I can create lots of different products for mm-hmm. women to organize their makeup 
I mean, you think about how much we spend on our makeup. I mean, even if you're Mm -hmm. buying your makeup at Target, you don't even have to go to buy higher end makeup, like, you know, the Sephora's Mm -hmm. and Ulta's and you just go to Target and buy your makeup. It's not cheap. You're you're spending a lot. I mean, I have two teenage girls, so we'll go to like CVS, our little Walgreens or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, they want a lip gloss and it's 20, 20 bucks. And I'm just thinking, we're just, yeah, yeah, we're just, (laughs) you know, there's so much money in our makeup, in our makeup. And I just think, you know, let's store it, make it cute and, you know, and, and be able to find it and not have it break. And, Mm -hmm. and so, so that's my, that's like my ultimate dream is to have, like, I just picture it in New York. I mean, if I'm just dreaming and I just, I, I, that's, that's been my dream forever. And then ultimately I would love to give back to women and children affected by addiction. That's always been the biggest thing Mm -hmm. for me was, um, being able to make a difference in the lives of women and children. I mean, that's why I have my two bonus kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it's, that's a, a close, you know, um, cause to my heart and, uh, for lots of reasons. And so ultimately that's what it would be just some, somewhere, you know, that we could, you know, put our makeup together and, and, um, find a cool way to, to do it in a fun way and inspiring way, and then help people in the process is the biggest goal. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love your like thinking big. Yeah. Oh, I can dream really big. That's the fun part. That's the I think it would part. also be really cool if you had um, like travel size. I know your, your thing is like the big binder, but I feel like it kind of would be cool if you had like travel. I would beauty binder minis and they're like the little beauty binder that you can put your toiletries and all your, you know, things when you travel. So your stuff love to organize. Isn't that, that's a cute idea. I like it. I think it's a great idea. And that would be the (laughs) next, that would be the next thing that I would create Mm -hmm. is exactly that because that is the, that is the big piece of feedback I've gotten. So I, I, yes, to have it smaller, to have it in a smaller size. So right. my big makeup people, you know, are like, they love the the big size, but that mm-hmm. has been, that would be the next thing I would create is something smaller for everybody else. That's yeah. a good idea. Different and sizes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, a lot of people might love your product, but they're like, well, I don't have, yeah. I don't have a million products, but like, I care about the stuff that I have. I would love a smaller right. version. So I love that. Yes. Yes, that would be the next thing I would create. So, yeah. And I've I've got a little, you know, design made. Um so we'll just see where it all goes, you know. But Would you go with the same manufacturer or would you do a different one? I probably would use the same one. Yeah. I probably would use the same one because I I like the quality they've given me. But I also would find another one in case for some reason that one doesn't happen. I I think I should have two. I feel like it's not okay to just have one. I need to yeah. <laughs> just in case I need it. And it, something happens with this one. So that, that's amazing. Yeah. So I think I would do that. So much good stuff. Um, yeah. Such so much good goodness. I feel like you're making my brain spin a little bit with some ideas. Mm. So thanks a lot. Uh, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You always make my brain spin with great ideas. 
Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell everyone how they can find you, where they can buy your product and remind people of the website and like your socials and things like that. So I am on Facebook at Beauty Binder. I am on Instagram, Beauty Binder Organizer. My website is beautybinder.com. Um, I'm also Stormy Hinkle on Instagram there too, personally. Um, and we're on Amazon, um, Etsy, and then my website. So I, yeah. So awesome. reach out and say hi. Tell me you listened. I'd be so excited. Yay. And everyone buy a damn buy binder. A okay. Damn They're beautiful. Binder. Yes. 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 <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. It was uh, so much fun to have you on and just chat all about your process and the patents and, you know, prototyping. It's so interesting. So thank you for sharing uh, so much information. And yeah, it was so nice. To, good to see you as thank always you for having me, Carrie. I'm seriously honored to be on your podcast. Really, I am. Thank you. Aww. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.